This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, June 24th, 2012. Exiled, Jeremiah. The early part of the 6th century BC saw a great upheaval in the Middle East. In the midst of this, the military forces of Babylon's King Nebuchadnezzar subdued Jerusalem in 597 and exiled 10,000 of the best and brightest to Babylon. The exile continued until July of 586, when the walls of Jerusalem were breached and the city was plundered. On August 14, 586 BC, the city and temple were destroyed by fire. Among those exiled were the prophets Ezekiel, Daniel, and Jeremiah. We'll explore some of their stories and what they have to say to us today. This morning, our focus is on Jeremiah. Well, good morning again, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. It's a day that you've made, a day that we can rejoice in you, whether we have challenges or whether we're in a good time, Lord, you are with us always and everywhere. Now, Almighty God, open up our hearts so that we might receive your message found in Scripture and be able to apply it to our lives. We pray this in your most holy and blessed name, and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're talking about Jeremiah, one of the Lord's prophets. And um, actually, what I shared on that little pre-thing was not exactly correct. Daniel and Ezekiel were exiled. Actually, Jeremiah lived uh, through the exile, but he stayed put because God called him to be the one to tell them that the exile was coming. Oh, anyway, he, um, it was Jeremiah that God chose to tell the people it was coming, that they were going to be overtaken by the enemy, that there would be <coughs> consequences because the people had given into sin and were lusting after the false gods of the nations that surrounded them. He got to be the messenger. <laughs> now, Jeremiah was the son of a priest, and he began his ministry around 626 B.C. That's a long time ago. It's long before the birth of Christ. And he began his ministry at the ripe old age of 29. 29 he started. Now we're going to take a look at the book named after him. It's Jeremiah. We'll start right at chapter 1. And this verse tells us how Jeremiah was called into ministry. Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. Say the rest with me. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. 
So, God tells Jeremiah the plans he has for him, the plans God has had from before Jeremiah was even in his mother's womb. Jeremiah reminds me, uh, it makes me think of Moses. Remember when God called Moses and Moses says, I think you've got the wrong boy. God said, no, you're exactly the right guy for what I need. And Jeremiah says, no, I think I'm too young. And God says, no, you're not too young. I want you to do exactly what I command you. I want you to do uh, what I, uh, where I send you and do what I command you to do. Um, hmm. The next thing God says is a little interesting and very, um, I would say, frightening. Because God tells Jeremiah not to be afraid because God is with him and God will rescue him. Rescue him. That word rescue is kind of interesting. A Hebrew word there is natsal, natsal, natsal. And it has several meanings, including to protect, to deliver, to rescue, to save. Depending, and depending on the translation you read, it will use one of those. We haven't been using the NIV today because we thought rescue was a very important word. That was a good translation for what's going on here. Um, you know, it's interesting when you think of the, the different things this word can mean, from protect to rescue. Let me ask you this. Which would you rather be, protected or rescued? Most of the time, I think we would say protected. Let me put it in a different context. What would you rather do with your children, protect them or rescue them? Probably protect, because protect means you're able, hopefully, to keep bad stuff from happening. Rescue means that something bad is happening, and you're kind of snatching them out of the jaws of danger, so to speak. <coughs> you know, um, same with God. I mean, if God protects us, hopefully he's keeping us from, from tough things, from challenges. Rescue means we're in the midst of those challenges when God pulls us out. Very different in terms of where that puts us. Now, in the case of Jeremiah, who we're taking a look at today, rescue is the operative word. Rescue. Like, like all of God's prophets, Jeremiah's life was not easy. In fact, his life was quite challenging, to say the least. He was attacked by his brothers. He was beaten and put into stocks by priests who were also false prophets. He was imprisoned by a king. He was um, <laughs> thrown into a cistern, of a muddy, muddy cistern. That's like a well of water by officials. I mean, he really endured a lot. And in the midst of all that, God says this to Jeremiah. God says, they will fight against you, but will not overcome you. Say the rest. For I am with you and will rescue you. Mm. Like other prophets, um, uh, Isaiah, Ezekiel, God gives Jeremiah some interesting, to say the least, instructions. And, and his instructions at times require him to literally live out a parable in order to make an emphatic point to God's people. Some examples we find in the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 19, he buys a clay jar and then smashes it in the valley of Ben-Hanam in front of the elders and priests to demonstrate how the Lord will smash the nation of Judah and, and the city of Jerusalem. Now, 
If you get to be the prophet talking to the city leaders about how God's going to smash their city, they don't take it well usually. They get a little upset. They don't get it, you know? And and in chapter 27, 28, the Lord instructs Jeremiah to construct a yoke from wood and leather straps, and he has to put it on him on his own neck to demonstrate how the Lord will put the nation under the yoke of the king of Babylon. Again, I don't think the town officials are getting warm and fuzzy from this, you know, when you're telling them you're going to be overtaken by another country, another leader. Chapter, excuse me, 32, during the siege, right in the middle of the siege of Jerusalem. I mean, the enemy, the other country is there. They're taken over the place. (laughs) it's pretty obvious that his words of disaster are now being fulfilled and that destruction and exile are imminent. They're here. It's taken place. Check this out. How'd you like to be in his shoes when God instructs him to make a local real estate investment and to buy a piece of land from his cousin? Now you talk about a bad market. There's probably no worse market, uh, you know, than... Uh, in terms of a good investment than buying when other some other country's taking you over. But that's what God tells him to do. And the thing about it, Jeremiah does exactly what God tells him to do. Even though it may not have made sense, even though intellectually speaking it may have been like out there or foreign or something, he dutifully obeys as God is trying to make the point to the people, to the nation, that even though they're going to be overrun, even though they're going to be exiled, even though this is going to be a very, very bad chapter in the history of these people, God's making the point that eventually they're going to be restored. They're going to be rescued and that their houses and fields will once again be be bought in this area. In other words, by the land now, it's a symbol of what's to come, even though right now things look horrible. It's a symbol of hope. So, once again, we, we hear a story about Jeremiah. In the past weeks, we learned about Ezekiel <clears throat> and Daniel. Great stories. They have historical and spiritual significance and value. But what does, the, what does it have to do with us here today? What does it have to do with us right here on a Sunday morning in, in 2012? when it's a story that took place thousands of years ago. Well, here it is. First of all, Jeremiah was a role model, is a role model for us. Jeremiah was absolutely faithful. He was obedient. He did what God told him to do. He walked it out and allowed God to lead him. You know, when when we look at uh, symbols or people who follow God's call, even reluctantly, Jeremiah would be one of those. You know, I'm sure that a lot of people back then would have thought that Jeremiah was absolutely crazy. Just a nut. Because here he's taking the, the jar and throwing it down. He's, you know, making the yoke. He's buying a field. He's doing this real estate transaction when things are so bad. But God told him to do it. And he did it. And 
people, some people listened, a lot of people didn't, some people didn't care, some might have cared a little bit. Uh, A lot of people probably got, most people probably got very upset with him. In any case, when you're in the profit business, (laughs) it's not an easy task. And Jeremiah really did experience a huge challenge. You know, on the other hand, God assures Jeremiah that God will be with him, that that Jeremiah will not be traveling alone, and that God will protect him, and that God will rescue him. You know, this whole protect-rescue thing, I think we would choose protect if we had our druthers, wouldn't we, over rescue? If we had a choice. Yeah. Seems like it involves less risk, don't you think? Yeah. If, if, if you had a choice of, let's say your kids, protecting your child from something or rescuing from something, you'd probably want to protect rather than rescue. Although I was thinking about one for this. I was thinking, how about in the case of a bear? Like if God protected you from a bear attack or rescued you, I'm not sure either one of those is good, is it? That's why I don't like camping. <laughs> Although, in the case of the first one, hopefully protect means you never even came close. The rescue means that you're kind of in the throes of things. Either way, it's rescue always seems to be a little bit better or a little more challenging to be in the middle of a rescue than to be protected. Yeah. And so outside, we have a rescue truck as, as a symbol you know, of, of what we're talking about today. You know, stop by the Middletown Fire Company. Um, it's, it's a privilege to be across the street from them. Brian, thank you for being part of that and um, for being out there today. Stop by, talk to them, see what they do. Um, it, it'll be a great opportunity to learn. But, but that's a rescue truck. That's not a protection truck. You know, protection, they, they're involved in protection, though, because they talk about, you know, safety and, and plans that we should have in our home. Uh, they give out smoke detectors and batteries. That's, that's protection. Protection comes first before something happens. That truck out there, that responds, you know, rescues us in whatever situation we are in. God promises rescue to Jeremiah. So here's the thing. Just like Jeremiah, even before each of us was formed in the womb, God knew us, just like he says he knew Jeremiah. You and I were not accidents, not uh, surprises. We were not mistakes. God knew us well, well, well before we were a plus sign on a home pregnancy test. Uh, long before morning sickness, God knew us long before we were a bump in the belly. And as God tells Jeremiah, it was God who formed us in the womb. Isn't that incredible when you think about it? God says, I formed you in the womb. Here's the incredible part to me. Right at this very moment, there are over six billion people on this planet. That's a lot of people. And God formed each and every one of us in the womb. 
And God knew us, each and every one of us, long before we were in that womb. It's kind of mind-boggling when you think about it, isn't it? Pretty awesome when you think about it. So what that means is if God formed us, which there's no if to it, God formed us, then God cares about us. God cannot form, God cannot create without caring because that's the very nature of God. God equals love. That's who God is. God not only cares for us, but God has a plan for us, a plan for each one of us right here today and all the rest of the people on the planet now, in the past, and forevermore. God has a hope and a future for each one here. Now, we might not call, be called to be a, a prophet. We are called to be a mouthpiece for God. But we may not be called to be a prophet like Jeremiah is or was. But we are called to something. Every single one of us has a call and claim from God in our lives. We might be living out that call, but, but we're never done with that. Because let's say we're living it out here and we're here. Well, God wants us to take the next step here or the next step there to get out of our comfort zone and to take, take hold of a God-sized opportunity. God's wired each one of you here with, you know, God gifts and God talents and a God-shaped personality to enable us to be the person that God created us to be when God first thought of us. Mm. And just like Jeremiah, God wants us to go where God calls us to go, and God wants us to do what God commands us to do. And even though that might be challenging, that is what God would look for us to do. And it it will be challenging. It better be challenging. Because God wants to be in the midst of that with us. And why would we need God to be in the midst if it wasn't a little bit challenging? God likes to give us God-sized opportunities if God's going to be in it. You know, it's kind of an insult to God if we do things that we can handle totally on our own. God's in the midst. It will be God-sized. And the thing to remember is this. God promises to rescue us because when we're in the midst of God-sized opportunities, there will be challenges. There will be some days where we wondered why and how and a lot more W questions there than H questions. And we'll need to be rescued, just like God promised to rescue Jeremiah. You know the definition of rescue, don't you? Here's what it is. To bring someone or something out of danger, attack, harm, to deliver or save, to free from imprisonment. Wow. Wow. Now, we don't need rescue when everything is hunky-dory, kind of safe and secure. Everything is under, under control. We do need to be rescued when we've messed up. But we also need rescue at times when we are following God's call. When we go beyond, when we get out of the box that we're in and get into God's box, which is so much bigger. There's no box at all, actually. It's so much bigger than we could ever imagine in our mind's eye. 
We do need rescue at times when we go places where God leads us, where God calls us to, when we follow that call. Mm. A lot of times that call isn't, at least in our brains, <coughs> logical. Um, you know, like when Jeremiah bought the land, it's like, what are you, goofy? I'm following God. It's like for us, I, I sometimes wonder why God waited so long to call us into ministry. Uh, and Carrie was like in her mid-30s. I was like 40. Uh, I can't speak for her. Maybe for me, maybe it because when I was in my 20s, I was goofier than at 40. But he, even at 40, it was still pretty goofy. But, you know, <clears throat> maybe it was because I wasn't, didn't have what I needed under my belt yet, or we didn't. I don't know. We were well into our careers, though. And, uh, you know, we had four kids. Come on, God. This is crazy. And, and, and the one challenge is why unexpected career change uh, along with some more years of school in Washington, D.C. when we had all this other stuff going. And you have to wonder why God didn't let Carrie finish seminary because she started first before he called me in. I know Carrie many times wondered that same thing. Alan, why can't you wait? And logically, it would have made sense to wait. Financially, it would have made sense to wait. Uh, from a family standpoint, it would be sensible for just one of us to have been in school. But for some reason, God called us at the same time. And I'm sure like Jeremiah, I'm sure some of the people who lived around us or maybe went to church with us were thinking, what are these guys thinking? What are they thinking? Uh, what kind of jeopardy are they putting these four kids into? Uh, I know when I met with the district committee on ministry every year, every year their four qu- first question was, how's your family? Because they're wondering how we were going to, you know, how it was going to work with both of us in school with four kids. The kids wondered when they informed us when and they know. And serving different churches. And serving different four churches. churches. Four churches between us. Four kids. And four kids said, you know, Dad, um, we qualify for free lunch now. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. And we never applied or, you know, took up on that. We managed to handle it. But it's like, wow, that's telling about where things were for us financially as a result of <clears throat> we're trying to follow what God was calling us. And, um, you know, there, there were times at school where usually one of us was there, one was home. I was at school, and it'd be um, after a tough day or sometime maybe we were having some challenges because we, we weren't together a lot. One was in D.C., one was in uh, Seaford and vice versa. And sometimes you know how that can strain a relationship. <clears throat> And sometimes at night I'd be going, God, this, this thing, this ain't working, man. I don't think I can keep this up. This is just crazy. Come on, Lord. And be ready to just throw the whole thing in. And somehow God would give me some sleep. And um, you never notice how when you get some good sleep, the next day somehow things seem better. And God would give me a new day. And, um, and I'd be able to come out swinging, fighting keep doing what God's calling us to do and uh, what God was calling us to do. And, you know, in the midst of all that, as you're ready to throw it in and say, this just didn't work and God would rescue us. You know, at Christmas time when we didn't have money for kids' gifts, God would talk, tap somebody on the shoulder, give us some money, and God would rescue us. And when we needed some money for tuition and somebody... <clears throat> was very generous, and God would tap them, and through that person, God would rescue us. Over and over again, God would rescue us in the midst of trying to 
live out what he was calling us to do, even though it was a challenge, even though sometimes it seemed goofy. Sometimes, if you use logic, <clears throat> it didn't make sense. And you know, the thing is, um, if we had done it our way, we would have lost out because we wouldn't have been able to see just what God is capable of. If we'd done it our way, we'd say, oh, well, we do this, and then we'll, do, we'll follow our little plan. We wouldn't have been able to see just how big God is. Our kids wouldn't have either. And our kids wouldn't have. I think our kids have a pretty strong faith, and part of that's because they got to see firsthand how faithful God is when we step out in faith and try to follow his call in our lives. <clears throat> and we wouldn't have gotten to do that if we hadn't um, heard a call and stepped out faithfully, allowing God to rescue us when we needed um, rescue. You know, um, we never get to see God in action if we don't listen to where God's calling us and put ourselves fully into God's hands. So the question comes down to this. Excuse me. What is God calling you to? Where is God calling you to? Everything we do is kingdom work. Whether it's working in the in the secular world, you know, at a bank, in a school, uh, in a comp- wherever it is, whether we're in our community, whether we're in our homes, whatever we are doing, that is all kingdom work. And what is God calling you to in the midst of that? Because God is calling you to something. To, you know, God loves you so much, but doesn't want to leave you right where you're at, but take you to the next step, take you in the next direction. If, if you're hearing a little voice, you know, or, you know, those if a thought comes into your head and you're thinking, huh, wonder what that is. It, it could be the Holy Spirit <laughs> telling you something very important. If your heart's pounding about a certain situation and you're thinking, oh, wow, I wonder what that's about. It could be the Holy Spirit saying, okay, I'm going to send you this way. Trust God. Trust. Trust. Be obedient. Wherever you're at, whether you're in school, whether you're retired, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, a student, I don't know what. What is God calling you to and how will you respond? The important thing to know is that God will not only protect us. I mean, it might not come out the way we think, we think, but God will always rescue us when we're stepping out and doing what God wants. That doesn't mean the rescue will look like what we think it might need to look like. But God will never leave us nor forsake us. We are never out of the grip of God. That is the good news of the gospel. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Will you pray with us? God, um, we certainly are challenged by these prophets, by Jeremiah, by Ezekiel, by Daniel, 
who spoke your words during a very difficult and challenging time when it didn't make sense to anyone else, but they were just obedient. God, use us. Help us recognize when, what it is and when it is that you want to get our attention and help us trust you enough to get out of our own way into your will and way. God, we thank you for these examples of, of people who were faithful and obedient. We pray that we have the strength to do the same. Pray this in your most holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.